The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Ryan Lundy. He's a nonverbal learning disorder self-advocate. He's up there where he works at the ELS Center for Autism, an excellent place. Ryan, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on, Hacky. I'm well, glad to be this, here. This is very exciting because, uh, you know, I was always confused by nonverbal learning disability. Okay. And um, why don't you tell us a bit how you got diagnosed with nonverbal learning disability? So the tendencies um, are, I don't understand some social cues, jokes. I have difficulty in social situations. Um, in my early years, I, my parents always thought something was off about me. And they didn't know what, why. So then finally they took me to a psychologist um, to get tested. Um, and in middle school, and they diagnosed me with a nonverbal learning disability, and they had never heard of it. Um, throughout the, the early childhood years, I've needed occupational therapy. Um, I did not need a speech or PT. Um, I was lucky with that. But I did, I did need OT, and uh, also a tendency is fine gross motor. Uh, skills. So I didn't have, have good fine gross motor skills. And, and then I got the diagnosis. Uh, my parents were, didn't know anything about it. Uh, they had to do research. Still, it's uncommon disability. Um, the nonverbal, the MVO, it's called MVOD project, which I'm a social ambassador for, just filed a couple of weeks ago to be in it officially part of the DSM, and hopefully that they will be approved to be uh, in the DSM and VLD. Now that is going to be big news if they can pull that through. If they can't get that, then they'll just keep keep trucking away like we all do and <laughs> until they can get it in the DSM five. Um, so you know, the DSM five is basically the official diagnosis. Uh, it's a whole directory. It, it's official. So you can get an official diagnosis of, of what it is. Uh, so it's not really common. Uh, DSM-5 is common, but DSM-5 is, it, there's many, there's many um, articles and things I would highly recommend people look about. It. I'm not an expert about that, but it's exciting if it's going to happen, the DSM-5, or it's going to be an official diagnosis. But for now, it is what it is. And I'm trying to spread advocacy for the NVLD project, which is based in New York. They are a great organization. One of the only ones in the country for NVLD, so it's very rare. Um, they have other ambassadors, and we write articles. And I've been on some Facebook lives, and it's just a good organization. So www.nvldproject.org. 
That's, That's my great. plug. NLVDproject.org. I'm sure we're going to go there and see what's going on there. Um, what are some of the specific tools that you've learned that have helped you that you might want to share with our audience? Um, some tools that help me are um, keeping um, my keys, wallet, and phone in a, in a box when I go home. I have it in a, in a box because I have tendencies of losing things. Basically, all of those I've lost several times. I've lost credit cards, cash, everything. So now I have... Oh, uh, by the way, let me interrupt to say, me too. If I don't put it in exactly the same spot in a certain drawer and exactly in the same pocket, I am, I lost it. I lost it. Right. But now it's great with technology that you, they have the app and Apple has chips and uh, other companies has devices where you can track your phone. Uh, you, you log in and my parents have that information and you can put it in a wallet too and on your key ring. And it won't tell you the exact location. It'll tell you around the area. And that's a helpful tool um, that my parents have discovered for me, especially because they're up in Pennsylvania now and I'm down in Florida and they can't watch over me 24 <laughs> seven. That's a good tool. Um, tell us about the work you're currently doing at the ELS Center for Excellence for Autism. Okay, so currently right now, I am a teaching assistant at the Learning Center. I will be going into my second year there since I just moved here from Pennsylvania. Almost marking the uh, one-year anniversary will be at the end of July. It will be one year over here. Um, and there, I'm a teaching assistant. And what that does is assist the teacher um, in anything they ask with behavior. Obviously, there's BCBAs. Um, behavior analysts there that train you on the plans and we all collaborate. Um, we set up the classroom, we have prep materials. Uh, we just engage with the students, make sure they're having a positive experience. And yeah, it's been going great. At first I was nervous. Uh, I didn't know anybody. And then I made some friends and some cool, good coworkers that are, and now I feel like it's a family. It's really comfortable uh, there and I love it. Also there, I started helping out in the uh, recreation department uh, after school and which I'll be continually doing in the fall, which I love because recreation is my background. I have a degree in recreation and leisure administration. So that's my bread and butter. Besides everything else, um, I love sports. I love exploring. I love being active. So, so what I do there is I assist the recreation coordinator and the other, the other staff um, with the participants in activities. Um, the activities are golf, yoga, tennis, dance, and music. They hope to, in the future, add more programming. And my goal is to hopefully help them in the future with that. And so th that's that. And then I work privately for individual families. 
Now, I get that through word of mouth. I have I have four to five, five clients so far. Some of them are regular. Some of them are not regular uh, based on the individual needs of the families. And the way I get the clients is just word of mouth. And because uh, the special needs community is a very tight knit community around this area. So I want you to know somebody, then they'll refer you to another person. Uh, with that, my services I offer are um, community integration, taking the individual in the community, uh, taking them out to different recreation events and other places. Also companionship or babysitting, um, what the parents want and whatever, whatever else the parents really need. Just give the parents a break. Sometimes I am with the parent and they go out with me into the community. So I will still work with the individual, but the parent will be there, but the parent might go off and do something and I'll still help the individual. And lastly, I work um, for, it's called the organization called Love Serving Autism. Great organization. And she's in different, many different states. And what I do for them is I teach tennis to individuals with disabilities. Now I do this once a month. Um, in the summer, I'm, we're taking a break. Uh, we'll start up in the fall. Um, actually, the group I teach is actually a lot of the individuals that go to the learning academy, um, the high school. And uh, one of the ladies organized the group over there. And so it's good. I get to see the participants. A lot of them do the recreational programs at the Ells for Autism Center. So it's good to have that relationship and it's also good to see them around campus. And yeah, they're I, a great organization, Love Serving Autism. We went up and visited them and they're they're great. Yes. The lady Lisa is amazing. She's um expanding her programming and locations and she's amazing. Yep. Um what made you decide, and we're so glad you did to choose a career that helps other neurodivergent individuals? Good question. What made me decide is, uh, I've seen the struggles, I've been through it. I live it every day, it still haunts me. And I know what the families are going through. My parents had to sacrifice a lot, a lot of money, a lot of time, the weekends socialization with their friends for me. They gave they gave 100% and they still will give 100% for me. So I'm firsthand, of, I've seen it all. And I know that I wanna give back and I feel it's my calling to give back. And I've been put here on this earth to give back. So that's why I, I am here. Well, good for you. We're and we're glad you are, and we need your your expertise. Um, where do you see yourself five years from now? That's a great question. Five years from now, I probably will be in a, a recreational position, working for um, an organization with special needs doing recreation. I'm not sure where that might be, but that's where I see myself. Um, that is my bread and butter recreation. I need, um, if it's not, if it's not in recreation, adult services, um, 
and also be doing my side business. I also see myself doing advocacy work like I'm doing right here. I'm sharing my story. Um, I, I really want to get into the conferences, um, colleges, universities to share the story, tapping into any disability organizations. And it would be nice to get paid for that. Um, but I know I got to start somewhere like I'm doing right now. Um, Rome wasn't built over the age groups you work with. Age groups I work with right now, I work from uh, with um, kids range ages five to 22. But in the school, I work with middle schoolers. That's my primary range. But like I'm working the recreational uh, camp this summer at the foundation. I'll be with uh, ages 18 to 21 year olds. So I'll be, uh, I'm looking forward to because it's my first summer as a camp counselor at the foundation. Now I have been camp counselors for uh, 15 years. So nothing phases me. Um, I used to be camp counselor at the same camp I used to work at. It was just a typical camp, uh, not a special needs camp, but I, I've done summer camps forever. So I know camp very well. I'm looking forward to having, enjoying uh, the camp experience at the L Center. In um... In the adult population you work with uh, on a consulting basis in your side businesses and stuff, does it matter what the age of the adult is? Doesn't matter. Uh, I can handle anybody. Uh, I've seen it all. Um, I've seen the whole gamut of the spectrum. So I've been through a lot, you know, I've seen Kids and adults throw chairs, desks. I've been hit, bit, scratched. You name it. It doesn't. It's it's teaching me, taught me a lot of patience <laughs> for these individuals because I'm not very a patient person, to be honest. Um, over the years, I had to learn patience working with these individuals in everyday life. Uh, you know, and that and that leads to another point I want to make is with patience. I've had um, numerous jobs over the years, and they say I have ADD, but I don't uh, wasn't officially diagnosed. So, like, my mind is always thinking about, um, like, when you said five years, ten years, you know, down the line, and not thinking, living in now, and enjoying now. So, my parents always say that to appreciate the now, look where you came from, because I'm always thinking looking at this organization, how I can do something, which is okay, but you can't obsess for like three or four hours. Like I remember I could sit on the computer and just obsess. That's one of, that's one of the part of my um, disability too. I get, I really get into like a company. Um, an example would be uh, my, my, my dad, he's always been in the hospitality business. Um, like franchising, like a president of company and started some companies. And I always get jealous of him because he would be, you know, that title. And then I would try to tell him like what to do. Um, so it's gotten to a point where he doesn't want to even tell me what he's doing. Right now he's just doing some consulting here and there. He's basically retired. Um, but on the opposite side, I wouldn't really... One of them with my mom, she's uh, doing 
just speech pathology, but she just some clients here and there. So they're snowbirds, so they were lucky to have a two-bedroom place down here where I share with them. Nice. And they go back and forth. So otherwise, I could not afford a nice place, and I'm blessed for them. So getting back to my dad, so I always be jealous of my dad. Um, you know, the, the title. I always want the title. And people say the title comes with a lot of stress and responsibility. And... You know, I thought about it and I still like that title to tell people, but right now I'm, I'm I'm okay. I'm still, I still maybe want the title one day, but I'm kind of okay where I am now. It's, it's still hard for me to like. Well, you know, if it's any help to you, there was a fella many years ago named William Shakespeare, who was a great writer in England and one of his great sayings was, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So he wasn't real big on titles. It's what you are and what you're doing. And you're doing terrific stuff that's helping a lot of people whose brains might be a little bit different, but who have great potential. And it's, uh, I really admire what you're doing. It's a great, yeah, great. I appreciate it, yeah. I'm always looking to help the next individual, whether that be um, adult or kid um, or family. And always well, family wanted to go about hiring you for uh, special consulting and what you do for their their child or adult child. Um, how would they get in touch with you? They could um, email me at. R-H-L-U-N-D-Y 85 at gmail.com. Is there anything that you want to cover today that we haven't covered? Yes, I want to say that here's my advice to some parents. Now, they, if, if you find that a person, if your individual is there's something that seems not right. Now, the earliest you can, I would try, well, they say is like when you're three, but the earlier you get service, the better. And now, as you know, that different states have different rules um, with the whole waiver system. And that's a whole another story. And I'm not an expert on that system. But the earlier you start, you get if you get the diagnosis, the better, because the earlier you set up the services, the better. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are not educated about the different services. I'm not an expert to tell you what services to get. I'm just saying that you really have to do a lot of homework in these organizations because not every one of them is the same. Gotcha. And meaning that if you want a certain service, you might have to go searching for it. Now, not that you have to move to another state, but people have moved to different states for different services. And obviously, a lot of people move to uh, Florida for the Ells for Autism Foundation because it's one of the uh, one of the best in the country. And that's why I I'm blessed to be down here and honored to be a part of it and it's growing um they just 
three or four months ago, broke ground for an adult service day building that will have uh, life skills classrooms, um, an apartment model style where you can learn how to do life skills like you're in an apartment. And they're gonna have a golf shop and they're gonna have a drive-through um, coffee business. So there's, it's very exciting. Um, it's, it's a great place to be. They still have to build up more. And yeah, it's, that's awesome. So I, I'll have to, I would have to say that if you see signs early, go get tested. Um, even if it's not a diagnosis, at least you know. Um, it's better than not. Um, and hopefully your insurance covers it. Uh, each insurance is different about that. Each state's different about that too. That's the whole thing. Another I wanted to bring up too is based on the state, different things cover differently, like insurance, but each state has different laws as other things. It's not a universal thing that you get this and you automatically get this, which is, which is good and bad because you could be on waiting lists for a while and the quality of the care, you need good quality people. Uh, not saying I'm the best, but like that's invested in it that give 100% into it. And don't just, I've seen a lot of staff when I've observed in group homes and also out in the community, um, sitting on their cell phones, not engaging with the clients, not that you have to engage uh, every second with the clients, but so I was there for a little bit and, and then I came back the next week, I see the same staff doing the same thing and it just, it breaks my heart because families pay for this. And if they knew what, what they were getting, they wouldn't, they would stop it right away. Well, Ryan, um, what is one thing that you wish that everyone knew about nonverbal learning disorder, NLVD? Um, one thing is, I wish that there would be more of an acceptance of it. Um, people have not heard of it, meaning uh, people think it's really, um, you're, you're nonverbal, you're not allowed to speak, you can't speak. So it's like a misconception of it. So I really want people to not take that misconception and really look into what exactly what it is and accept it for who it is and not try to say, oh, it's something else, but it's, that's what it is. And remind our audience again, a brief definition of what nonverbal learning disability is. So nonverbal learning disability uh, is, you cannot read uh, social cues very well. Um, for me, it was jokes. Uh, for me, it was kind of communication back and forth with texting and messaging over the internet, reading those verbal, nonverbal cues, um, low gross motor tone. People have low gross motor tone. So the motor tone, gross motor tone, sometimes it's visual. So you cannot see um, 
uh, you know, deprivation. Um, um, so seeing and... But when you're speaking, when you're having a conversation on just the yes. speech aspects... Yes, reading body language too. Yeah, okay. So oh. How a person's feeling, their emotions, what they're trying to convey, when oh. to pause, when to interject those kinds of things. All righty. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience before we adjourn? I just want to give credit last thing to my parents uh, for raising me and dealing with all my stuff every day. Uh, they, like I said, they invested time, uh, sacrificed the weekends and energy. Uh, also for my sister for putting up with me because I'm not easy at times. I was always jealous. Of, I forgot to mention her. I was always jealous of her because she was the popular one. She always had the boyfriends. Um, and she would never introduce me to her friends. So we just miss each other because um, we graduated four years apart from each other. So we're four years. I'm older for four years. So, yeah, I would just give credit to my parents and my sister for putting up with me and still putting up with me because I know I'm not easy every day is like another, another mystery. Well, you <laughs> seem pretty, pretty friendly to me. Ryan Lundy, great self-advocate for nonverbal learning disability. Continue your good work up at the ELS Center for Excellence for autism and doing all the stuff you're doing. And we hope that you'll stay in touch with us here at Different Brains. Thank you for taking the time today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Haki. And I definitely will stay in touch. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. 